Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. And welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. And happy post-Christmas. Yes. I mean, we're back in ordinary time. Is that true for you guys, too? Uh, we have like three different levels of the Christmas season. One, one, one of the levels goes is just an octave, and it goes until January first because that's when okay, we that's do the that. circumcision. That and we right. have the rest of the the twelve days in a sense that goes up until Theophany because Christmas, Nativity, and Theophany used to be the same feast as I think I've talked about before. So yeah. then you, you got kind of that post feast that goes till then, and then you have the forty day post feast that ends on February second, oh, which is what we call the meeting or the encounter. Of our Lord, so we're we're in that sense. We're still. How do you do? You even got, do? You guys even have uh, ordinary time? I mean, you have so well, many feasts. We do, but we we call it's it. Like we you call have it. A pre, you have a Lenten forty yeah. with the pre Lenten forty yeah. for the pre. You know, and then you got the post Christmas forty. And I'm trying to find out, like, to visualize some yeah. gaps in the feast. The summer. Is it? The summer. The, well, so we call it just weeks after Pentecost. So it's like the 31st, 32nd, 33rd week after Pentecost. Mm. or week, But an Irian like week of Pentecost, because like the whole year's Pentecost. If it's not something else, it's Pentecost. You know, it's we used the, to have an octave. The life of, of the church. No, we still have an octave of Pentecost. Uh, oh, okay. Just yeah. embarrassing myself. <laughs> I do that I too thought, often on this podcast. Maybe we had like, like a 40 I need to look day, it up. <laughs> 50, oh, boy. Anyhow, yeah. So we, we this do that. Is Father Mike, <laughs> welcome to the. <laughs> we know everything about Catholicism, podcast. but aren't vulnerable at I all. I don't podcast. know. I got this one track mind now. So um, I've recently gone on medication that's supposed to address my ADD. Uh, so instead of thinking ten things at once and ne- nothing at all, I'm now thinking one thing at a time. Wow! And I can't branch out, oh. and it's crazy, but it's really productive. <laughs> well, yeah, because now I, I learned because I'm diagnosed ADD as well. So, and I like I I can take Adderall or Ritalin, and I I haven't in years because they say coffee kind of is the same thing. Yeah, you know, it, it kind of amps you up, and it I, I need to be amped up to be able to focus because my norm is kind of just being everywhere and wanting to talk to people all day. Um, but uh, what they say with with uh, with Adderall and Ritalin that you don't like you don't need to get onto it or come off of it. You can just take it when you need it. So, right, like I, ha- yeah. I, I have a prescription for Ritalin. Mm-hmm. I haven't taken it forever, but if I went back to my doctor and said, "Hey, can I get a- another prescription for Ritalin?" He'd give it to me, and then like it- now it'll give me insomnia if I t- if I start taking it after a while. If I haven't done it in a while, but um, but if I- if I get past the insomnia phase, then I can take it if I need it. And if there's a couple of days I don't want to take it, I won't. You know, yeah. it's actually really cool like that. It's not some sort of medication you need to, you know, amp up to and then kind of come off of slowly. You just take it when you need it. Yeah. So. But be careful out there, because there's a lot of abuse of drugs. Oh yeah. So we don't we don't want people thinking that this is. I don't know if I willy nilly. It ain't willy nilly. I've repented of this and gone to confession for it, but I did take Adderall in college one time uh, without a prescription. Yeah. And and it was it was because I needed to write. I needed like seventy two hours of work, and I only had seventy two hours of time left before it was due. And it was my thesis for my my bachelor's thesis. Oh. So my buddy who had ADD is like, dude, I can keep you awake for seventy two hours straight. And so I called my dad, and I was like, Dad, who's, he's my dad's an RN, and he's oh, I I was see. like, Dad, okay. how, I want to be safe. But it, he's he's such a wise dad. He's he's just said, you know, if I tell you how to do this. You have to promise me you will never do it again. Oh, and I, he knows me though. I would never disobey him. No, never have. I mean, although I, that's still the 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 problem here is not so much. Well, it is it is taking a, an unprescribed drug. Yeah, it was that's wrong. definitely wrong. Yeah, but you, the procrastination is kind of what led you. <laughs> led you to sort of be forced to this and uh, to get the oh, yeah. wisdom yeah. of your dad. No, you're right. Well, yeah. And it was one of those things because that wasn't the first time I'm he said... I'm just thinking of the kids. Don't leave your project for 72 yeah, hours no. to do everything you need to do. Although, you know what? He, I could have been told that a million times. Yeah. Oh, man, I was just so Well, that's a part then. of the ADD, too. Yeah. Pro- procrastination. Yeah. It's well, kind it, of a yeah. symptom of... It is true now. Shout out to Melanie Allard, who doesn't listen... Uh, she's a prisoner of mine and my new, uh, my new, uh, just pretty much office manager. She runs, I mean, she runs things. She's been absolutely amazing, but she, like she, she, I, I trust her enough where I can be really vulnerable with her and say, you know, yeah, we talked last week about this and I didn't touch it. And then she gives me this total mom look 
she's like two years younger than me, but she gives this total mom <laughs> look of like, and I'm like, I don't know either. I, I honestly don't know. If you had asked me last week if I would have this done by now, I would have told you, of course, I would have bet you a hundred bucks. And now the week flew by and now I'm looking at you again going, I, I, I don't like me either. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> obviously she doesn't, I know it's like, I, know, I, I don't understand me. I, I, it's not done. And I didn't, I don't have an answer That's, for you. Know you know what? <laughs> but the Lord gives us these things for humility. Yeah. You know? So that we have to look at other people and say, I know, but I'm more disappointed in me than you are. <laughs> exactly. I like, don't know. You get by, though. You figure it out. Yeah, you, you, we do. You know, those are nice people. Yeah, Patient Lord people. Takes care of us. Everybody and, yeah. around us is just very nice people, yeah. I think. I one time said to my bishop, I said, we were, we were having this very heart-to-heart about just how things were going in my parish, now things are going in the eparchy. And my, my eparchy is under just a weird situation right now because we have a bishop, but he doesn't have any administrative faculties. So the Roman bishop has administrative faculties in Phoenix. So Olmsted has administrative oh, yeah, faculties, right. has administrative authority over our eparchy, even though we still have a bishop. It's really, really weird. Um, but anyway, we were, we were kind of chatting about just all the things going on in my parish and the eparchy, and I I just I said to him, I, I afterwards I was like, why did I say that? I was just in a really weird, vulnerable place. I said, you know, Bishop, we're all a mess. We're all a mess. We just need to kind of admit it and help each other out. And he took it very, very well. And I wasn't like, I didn't mean to be insulting him at all. I was like, I think I was more defending myself. And I was like, I I know, I know this is going on, but there's, there's, we're all, we're all doing this. We're all having these problems. We're all a mess. And why not acknowledge that, that we all have these struggles and then just help each other. Like true, like in our, our companions, um, uh, rule, right. Right. Um, Tolere, you know, respect yeah. Ari and Tolere. Tolere, like the root of tolerance, means to what to carry with, right? You know, yeah. these roots better than I do. So it's like if you to, to be tolerant, it actually means to to don't deny the burden, acknowledge it, and yeah. then carry it with but them. But you pick it up and you yeah. carry it. So if I'm it's, tolerant of you, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to pretend that that all your issues are non-issues. No, I'm going to say you have issues, and can I help you with them? That's true tolere. That's true tolerance. And we need that within community, yeah. you know. But I just thought, you know, we, we, I, I want to just want yeah, to stand up in front of all the priests. You don't just, you don't tolerate something good. You tolerate yeah. something wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exa- that, that's a very basic but way of putting like it. Yeah. Jesus says, um, take my yoke upon you. Yeah. And it's, he's like, I'm going to bear, I'm going to bear your burden. Yeah. And he says it's light. Yeah. And he's going to help you out and, and, and just carry that, you yeah. know. But, but you have to acknowledge it's still say, a burden. He's not going to say, oh, now you're perfect, and now you're ready to walk with me right. and make my life easier or whatever. Right. But that's true. I, I, Father John makes fun of me because I, I like to say uh, everybody's crazy. It's just a matter of time before you <laughs> figure that out. Right. And, uh, or the right circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, put them in the right circumstance. Uh, it, but I think it's similar to your point. Like, you know, everybody's got, everybody's struggling. Yeah. Everybody's got stuff. But... Uh, okay, so I don't. I, this this is a good segue into my topic. Let's do it. Then. But jump in. I wanted to ask you about seek, and I wanted to tell oh, yeah. you about having a, have my sister having a baby, and well, you know, becoming what, an uncle. Let, and all this save, is awesome. Let's save the seek thing till next time because I actually wanted to talk to you about that too. Okay, just about 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 not about seek, but about something surrounding seek. All right. Well, maybe that'll I can be re- kind of be my topic. Maybe I can relate this like newfound uncleship. There we go. To, uh, to my topic. So I think it, it works well because what I want to talk about is, um, is about honoring. It's about how do you build up the people around you when we all feel this weird sort of self-deprecating fear that I'm all chaotic or screwed up or, um, or just kind of like a hyper awareness of that stuff. Even if you don't like, I come from a lot of Lutheran people, mm-hmm. and Luther had this idea of total depravity, mm-hmm. right? Where grace just covers you up, so God looks at you better than you are. Yeah. But you don't actually change. You don't have. You can never become perfected or something like that. And we have a whole different way of like thinking. Yep. But I think there's there's always a little temptation, at least in me, maybe because I have that background. But I think most people struggle with this question of like, if you, how, how deep can you go? Am, am I really good? Mm. Like I put this good persona up and then don't dig too deep. I won't dig too deep and I don't want other people to dig too deep because yeah. um, I don't know. There's just a fallenness that we're aware of. And we think, oh, oh, like really deep down, I'm very wounded or very corrupted or something. And I think 
this this image of the, the iceberg is kind of in my mind where like at the at the tip of the iceberg we get to present ourselves and it's all polished up and it's all shiny and everything and you get to tr- try to show people your best but there's moments of weakness and stress and problems and when you get to know people better you can be more open about yourself and all these things and um and then that's kind of like the dirty bottom of the of the glacier hmm. and what and if you stop there and you don't plunge any deeper because you just are starting to see it gets it gets kind of scary down there like in the in the inside of my like in my heart and in my mind and in my soul um and it, if we don't if we don't really dig down you're not going to see that this is like a very thin layer yeah that's distracting us and if you plunge down deeper, you're going to find something that is so valuable and mm-hmm. unique and beautiful and filled with the Holy Spirit um, that is a person. Yeah, you you know? get to through the insecurity. Just but there's, through. yeah, there's that yeah. kind of crazy layer that is scary. Yeah. And it affects us regularly and it has, you know, it just follows us through life. It's like the shadow and everything. But yeah. um, part of the Christian life is to be able to, well, let me say it this way. Paul says, say only the good things that people want to hear or, or need to hear. Mm-hmm. Say, not, not want to hear. Say only the good things that people need to hear. Like, he, is he just some crazy idealist? Paul? Like, can you live that way? Yeah. Only say the good things that people need to hear. I think something he was witnessing to is that there's there's something that changes about a Christian that becomes so healed or can become so healed and so at peace with God that you can look around and instead of comparing yourself with everybody, competing, I mean, we come, we are evolved from survival of the fittest. Yeah, That's how we're made. Like instinctually, human beings, fallen human beings are competitive, try to get at each other, try to prove themselves, you know, and this is like a whole revolutionary way of life. Mm. And it's kind of like people for forever have said, wouldn't it be nice if we could live that way? And then he's saying, no, by the grace of Jesus, you can. Mm. You can look around the world and affirm everything that's good without feeling like this just is a threat to yourself or, yeah. you know, like, why doesn't somebody say the same thing about me? You can just spend your whole, t- you know. Okay, so I wanted to talk about, about honoring. To be able to look at your uh, people around you and to say, here's, here's a beautiful thing about you that you may or may not know about yourself. Yeah. And um, wouldn't it be amazing if the church was like that? Like everybody was observing you, but you didn't have to live in fear. Like, okay, they know my faults. Or people are judgmental, but they're really just calling out all of those things that we kind of miss in our own like um, self-enclosed consciousness. Mm. I don't know. That's kind of a weird <laughs> psych, <laughs> psych term or something. Um, I know what you mean. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So one of the greatest examples I've seen recently and uh, was that your grandmother had died. Mm. And I want to just brag about you for a second to, the, to our fans in the listener land. That my friend Father Michael Olahlin is has has an incredible way of. Um, well, he gave this homily at his uh, grandmother's funeral, and he had an incredibly moving way of very simply and honestly speaking about the best of this woman mm-hmm. and how she influenced everyone, and um, and you could just tell his love for his grandma and his love for his family in the way he was speaking. And it was extremely profound and very moving for me and very, very beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful um, homilies I've ever heard. And it was very simple. Mm. I mean, you did say, like, there was something, a story you told about her that was very moving, too, about her prayer and about her her, um, kind of... The, the phrases that she would speak in her dementia. But yeah. um, for me, what was most moving was just this, there's, there's nothing but sincerity here hmm. that he really knew the good. I've been to a lot of funerals. I love it when people speak well of each other, 
But sometimes you wonder, like, are they just kind of grasping for the best little moments? Um, There's something different if you're not just telling, oh, we had fun when dot, dot, dot. But I know this person, and I can tell you what was absolutely unique in all of creation and what what was so... um, what was such a gift to me and what, how God loved through this person. And it was just profound. I want somebody to speak of me that way someday, you know? <laughs> you know, what's funny is, thank you also, obviously. Uh, thank, no, thank, thank you. you, man. Um, when, I was, when I was trying to decide what I was going to say, I remember thinking um, I wanted to talk about strength and weakness. I wanted to talk about, um, you know, my grandmother came from a very, I mean... My, what my mom said when we were 16, you know, every, every male in your family died because of drinking, smoking, or gambling. Mm. Many of my relatives died from drinking and smoking, but only one of them died from gambling, and that was my grandmother's dad. Mm. And that, the one that we buried, like her dad, and he was, he was a huge gambler. I mean, just, and he was just on the wrong side of the mafia. And, and, and uh, you know, bad loans and things like that. And he, he didn't, it didn't, they didn't kill him, but they beat him up really, really bad. And he would have to come home, you know, bloody and walk into oh, his, no. walk into his apartment and right in front of his children after getting the heck beaten out of him, you know? Mm. And, um, and he would, he'd come home to this and then they, they lost their house and had to move into an apartment. And I mean, all these things just because of his weakness and his gambling. And so, um, and it was, and I, the point was like, you know, there, but there was a certain strength about that side of the family too. That was always like, you know, um, we're not going to admit our weakness and things that I perceived, but, um, but she, as I, as I mentioned the homily, she kind of broke that curse. Her generation broke the curse of the, of the yeah. drinking, smoking, gambling. And it was, it was her and then my dad and both my mom and her side of the family too. There was, there was this breaking of these generational I don't know, not really generational curses. I'm sure they were spiritual, but there was a breaking of something there that that she did very well um, through her through her obvious kind of Irish grandma strength, um, but her her obvious vulnerability to it that came out. So I'll just share real quick what I said. Yeah, even well, just to, I mean, to I don't mean to interrupt, but it's a different kind of strength. Yeah. You had these Irish folk who were really strong about protecting their own pride and yeah. dignity, yeah. even though their life was kind of like chaotically yeah. ruled by these other things. And she uses a different, use the same strength in a different way, yeah. which was to be humble and vulnerable. Yeah. Especially near the end of her life when, when her, when, uh, whether you say our Lord took her mind or whether just old age took her mind and she started um, slipping into dementia. That, that was really when she started showing the, the weakness and the vulnerability, but both sides of my family, both my mom's and dad's side, I mean, they, they, they met in a trailer park, you know, and it was, but, but, but you go one generation higher and that, that poverty was not there. I mean, there, there, there's these stories of immense wealth in, in both sides of my family that was all lost, all lost. And, and I think it honestly took, I mean, they were so strong when they, when they had money. And as soon as they lost it all by their own fault, and again, I'm, I don't want to over-dramatize this because there's, of course, um, uh, you know, it's it's not this black and white. But sure, um, I, I, and we're not trying to look back and judge. No, 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 exactly. God but, works but, and, through these things too, yeah. and that's what I'm seeing is is that I'm I'm only processing this now as I'm talking, so I, I might be out of line. But but there there's certainly a it wasn't until poverty hit that I think that was able to change when, mm-hmm. when, the, when the real strength was there. Cause that was the case with my grandmother. I mean, as, as strong as she was, as I shared, I mean, she, she was five foot nothing mm-hmm. and, and she dreamed of fighting. I mean, she dreamed of beating somebody wow, up. Like, like so funny. Oh when you were talking about her. She was, she wants way. to fight. She wants, she wanted to fight. Like she, she <laughs> wanted someone to, to yeah. try to steal her purse. She wanted someone to like, give us a dirty look. She wanted to like, beat someone up. I mean, this was just, this was in her. Um, but, 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 but it was so tempered at the end of her life when she was just, she was hilarious and little sisters of the poor were taking care of her. Um, but what, what you were saying earlier is she would say, you'd walk into the room and you'd sit down next to her and she'd kind of look past you and she would just keep on saying, help me, mm. help me, help me like over and over again. And it, it was just so hard because it, you, you want to know what's wrong, but she has the best nurses and the best nuns taking care of her. Like, there's nothing I can do, grandma. There's nothing. And then she, just help me, help me. And then you, then you talk to her. I, I would talk to her, like kind of break the awkwardness. 
you know, can I pray with you, Grammy? Oh, yeah, she would say. Mm. I'd say, can I sing? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And like, she acknowledged and, and fully engaged. But then as soon as I stopped talking again, help me, help me, help me. And I realized after days of doing this that, that, that she wanted me to pray. She wanted me to be there. She wanted me to hold her hand. But she was talking to Jesus. Yeah. Like, the help me wasn't oh, to I me at that. all. I love that. And yeah. so she's, she's looking at me in a sense. But, and, and the freedom of saying it's not... It's not me who needs to help. It's not the nurses. It's not the nuns. It's she's she's literally saying, "Save me." I mean, she's asking for salvation. As, as I'm reading this into this, but there was there was something she just she was talking to Jesus a lot more than us. But it took it took the weakness of dementia, I think, for us to kind of realize because before she before she fell into the, into the severe dementia, I'd walk into her room and she I I. I'd like crack the door open to see if she was asleep in her room and I, I'd hear her talking mm. and you kind of look right. There's nobody in there. And I'm like, Oh, she's gotten to that point. And then I say, Oh, Oh, Michael. Hi. Hi. Sorry. I was just praying. And she had this entire litany of intentions that she'd pray. And I was like, well, that's when she was still in her mind. But when she couldn't do that anymore, it was still this almost like the, the Jesus prayer we say over and over again, it becomes part of our breathing. Like that's what help me became. I think it was just the help me was a Jesus prayer. It was, it was mm. a simple childlike prayer to our Lord, asking for help. Yeah. It was really, really beautiful. Once again, I, I'm, I know I'm reading this into this. I hope I'm not reading in too much. But you know, she was just she had, she had at that point was kind of tuned out the world, was talking to Jesus. And if, if we broke in, she talked with us as much as she could. Yeah. And went back into the she world was in of, that of constant, constant prayer dialogue. Yeah. And yeah, Lord have mercy, help me. It was that's just so beautiful. I love that. And I don't think you're. I don't think you're just reading into it. I don't think you're seeing something false. I think you're seeing something very, very real on how people's souls interact with grace. You know, this is a Catholic woman who's been walking mm-hmm. with Jesus for a long time yep. in life's complications. Yeah. You know, we kind of fight with him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> feisty lady. I'm sure she they, they had <laughs> Wrestling some Wrestling with Jesus, yeah. But then she, help me. Yeah. I want you, yeah. you know. And that's that's beautiful. And he will, you know. Yeah. Um, there's also a beautiful image that your mom gave me afterward. Like, oh. I never met your grandma over there. Oh, right. But your mom told me about how uh, they used to go, and one of your your grandma's favorite things was to get, uh, they have like a swing that you can put the wheelchair, the wheelchair on. on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that is an incredible invention. Yeah. You know, props to whoever invented that thing. <laughs> right. But she loved going on that swing mm-hmm. and swinging on the swing. And I'm just like, Dad, I want that. And I, it, it was just a very kind of happy thought and a very peaceful thought. Yeah. But one of the things that came from um, your your homily, see, one of the things about the the Christmas the Chris, Christian life, yeah. walking in grace, is that it's like this network that we can't always see what's going on. You do something, and it affects all these different people. And you may know, you may never know that, like the fruits and everything. Mm-hmm. But one thing that came from um, from my praying with you there, and uh, hearing your love, and was that it prompted this thought in my mind of like, I I want to I want to be able to speak like that about the people that have really blessed my life too. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, well, why don't I just do that? <laughs> like, why don't I do that all the time? Yeah. Like, why don't I reflect on that? And in my prayer, I started doing these little eulogies for people. Not that I want them to die or something. Eulogy just means speak well right. of someone. Um, and so a lot of my prayer has been, uh, since then, not entirely, but I've been doing a lot of reflection of just like calling to mind a friend and then thinking of the very particular ways that I appreciate that friend. Hmm. You know, Because like, everybody's unique. And there's stuff that... Some you know one person does that another person can't do, and um, it's been super edifying, hmm. you know, just to give thanks to God, yeah, and to be grateful for my friends, yeah. And I, there's a lot of sort of world of negative thoughts that I live in and complaining and woe is me in my life and whatever overwhelmed and um, just to get outside of myself. And to kind of list that stuff. It's almost like I need to be making this litany about praising all the people around me. And there's something intimidating about like giving that to them hmm. or telling them, you know, honoring yeah. someone. Yeah. We were talking about this. Like it's it feels awkward. Yeah. But why? It's because we never do it. Right. 
Why don't we do that? Yeah. That should be a very regular part of life. I'm very quick to make fun of my friends. Right. And to be sarcastic with them and kind of make fun of their flaws. Yeah. And we all laugh about this stuff. But yeah. I think there is something about say to people the things that the good things they need to hear. I think one of my favorite podcasts on this whole show, it's been years. I don't know how how many years are we? Ten years. Nine years. Yeah, be, nine yeah. years. Just celebrated nine years. Congratulations. Thank you. You as well. Um, <laughs> was that time we, that we got to hang out with Becca? Mm-hmm. And just tell her we love her and <laughs> like kind of shower praise on her and yeah. honor her and everything. Yeah. And she just was so awkward. She couldn't even say anything. <laughs> we tried to interview her, nothing. But it was really delightful. And yeah. it wasn't just like we had the gang together. It was fun. Right. You know, even yeah. Clockman was there. Yeah. But <laughs> it was because you got to speak your mind about yeah. the love you have for this person. And there was a freedom in that moment because she was going away. Right. It was like, I haven't seen her for two years. And it's like, you know, I'm glad I got to say something. Yeah. But um, there's there's something less awkward, I think, about it. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Like, it, being able to say it and then knowing that she's going to yeah, go away. And why? I don't need to, like, isn't a week that, later. Is that weird? I, oh, it's totally weird. I mean, it should be a lot more natural. But it was... It was <laughs> It was kind of funny today. So we had a gas leak in my in my rectory, and we had to replace the entire gas line. Mm-hmm. And when the uh, we've been waiting days for the gas company to come turn it back on again, because they actually lock you out when there's a gas leak, so you can't turn it back on and blow yourself up. But um, the, so the the gas the guy from the gas company is still there, and I'm standing in the backyard. He's looking at the meter, and he's like, he's so critical of the of the plumber of the contractor who came in and did the work, and he's saying like, this is the wrong size pipe, and he's like going off on the guy, and then. The guy shows up, like just comes around the corner because he needed to turn the the uh, um, pilot lights back on, and he comes around the corner. And I said, "Oh, can you can you just tell him what you just told me?" And he's like, "No, it's perfect." <laughs> it was yeah. like when, when you're face to face, all the all all the criticism stopped. And but it's the mm. same way I think with that honoring. Although I'll tell you what, I am much better at when we do the honorings as companions i'm much better now than i was four years ago yeah and i think it's because i've just gotten used to it although it is still like if we're going around the table doing honorings on a birthday or anniversary it still is the fact that i see most guys that are getting honored they're not looking up they're still looking at the table yeah and i i've tried to like force myself to look at the guy that's saying it because it is awkward i mean it's i don't know if it's it's the machismo thing or whatever but um and it's much easier for me to 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 honor women in that way than it is other men um but it really shouldn't be you know i don't know i think part of it might be um to to speak well of someone is in some way to forgive all the ways that they've kind of messed mm. up and hurt you. Wow. And you're sort of opening yourself up to having to, I don't know, there's something you want to protect of like, I'm not saying you're perfect. Right. You know, don't, <laughs> don't think you're perfect. Right. I just have to say something good about you because that's the, yeah. the our custom. Yeah. But it, once you start, it's kind of like, no, I really want you to hear this because I do love this yeah. about you and I really appreciate it and it's so valuable. Um, you went and you, real deep real you quick. You do kind of, you set this stuff aside, you know, like the old baggage. Yeah. But that's scary because it's like, okay, you're going to use this against me. I know yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that, that's like the old Adam, you know, the comp- mm. competitive stuff. But right. we don't, you know, we're not stuck there. We don't have to live like that. You can actually celebrate the good in the other without mm. feeling threatened, I think. Yeah. I just, um, today is the, uh, the feast of Timothy, the apostle for us, Timothy, the disciple. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, I think you guys celebrate him on the 26th, but we Byzantines on the, on the 22nd today. And, um, and I was reading his story and it, it uh, there was a, a line in the biography I read that said, uh, you know, St. Paul called Timothy his beloved son. And I was like, mm. I, I didn't remember that exact place, but I looked it up. Sure enough, Paul calls Timothy his beloved son. And it made me think that there's a, there's a, a, a man in my life, another clergyman, who, who is very good about calling me his beloved son. And he'll call that, like, just that relationship that we have. That's so important. Oh, it's, so it's, it's beautiful. And I just, I texted him this morning and just said, you know, you, a lot of times, like, just texting, you'll, you'll finish with, like, 
I love you like a son. You're my beloved son. And it's, and he, he's, he's in his seventies now, you know? So it's like, he, he's older and, and that, that we just have that. And it's, but it was really beautiful. I, I immediately texted him. I said, feast of St. Timothy. Paul called him. Thank you for always saying that. And, and, uh, and he wrote back like even more like gushing <laughs> kind of wow, sappy. Man. Nope. I, I love you. This is, you know, I, I can't wait to see you again. It was just, it was so wow, beautiful. Why don't you send me. him my email? <laughs> I just gave you my card, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have another no, priest no, no. that needs I know, some affirmation. I know what you're, <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. And I got a lot of that, a lot of that love. I think there is a freedom, you know, in the scripture, the Old Testament, you have all these blessings that the patriarch would, would give yeah. on, their di- on their deathbed, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful one for uh, Jacob at the end of his life, at the yeah. end of Genesis, and he blesses his 12 sons. Yep. And there's another one with Moses blessing the 12 tribes on his deathbed. But it's like this moment where maybe it's because you just want to speak your mind, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's kind of like you have the respect that can't be threatened right. by being honest, by yeah. being vulnerable, by being sentimental, you know? And he, the blessing is kind of two parts. One is to the father describing to the child the best that they see in them. Or no, actually who they are. Because some of it is like a warning about where you might end up. Hmm, like, right. Judah, you're a violent soul. You're a lion. <laughs> you know, you devour everything that you come into contact with. And it's partly praise and it's partly a warning. Just you being know? honest, yeah. But he's telling them who they are. And then hmm. he also gives them a sort of image of what he hopes for them. Yeah. For their future. Yeah. And I think there is something about once you've developed a rapport of respect and you know you're not going to lose it, it's like the, the elderly can do this, you know, in a particular way without feeling so threatened. Yeah. Because they have that privileged place. Yeah. And maybe even in the moment where they're dying, you know, nobody's going to, yeah. you know, talk back or doubt it or yeah. there's just this profound respect. But I think that needs to bleed into the rest of life. You know, we were talking with Father Matt um, Hartley up there and he was mentioning how he likes to tell married couples, you know, like engaged couples to honor each other Mm -hmm. and to speak well of each other and call out each other's, not the faults, but the good, all of the, the talents and the beautiful things about them and to point that out very regularly in marriage and I think that's right, but it kind of operates on that. I think a lot like our companions that honoring, yeah. like you were saying, where it's sometimes hard to receive, it's hard to trust, it's hard yeah. to even sort of, I don't know, hear praise of yourself um, and I, then to speak it too. I just thought that because I wonder if part of the, the reason why we can be so awkward being honored is that... Like I know if somebody says something in in an if they're honoring me and they sound something that really makes me like really hits home like it it, it strikes me to the heart. There's almost a need to go process that. Mm. Like I I need to leave this situation. I need to enjoy what was just said, but I want to do it alone because I need to process and and almost mm. I want I'm, I'm I'm just again spe- thinking while I speak. But I wonder if there's almost like a don't. To stop talking because I don't want you to ruin this moment by saying, but you know, here's yeah. all these things, but oh, it's like, yeah. like leave it now or, or just, or just let, let me go process this because it's something did hit home that I, I need to, even an extrovert like me sometimes says, I can't soak this in unless I spend a little bit of time with it. And I'm not going to do that in this context. So I'm hopefully I'll, I'll try to write it down or speak yeah. it on my phone or something like that. Remember it for later on. But th- there, there is an awkwardness there. And I think there's, that's, there's multiple reasons why, but that might be one of them just with me. I think if, if I want to either give an mm. honor or receive, I've received one and it's very powerful. Like, like if I'm on my deathbed, it's like, yeah, I'm going to go now process what I've received from you and what I've given to you for all eternity. And I'm going to do that after I die. But it, there, there's a, a certain appropriateness to um, what I just said is not just off the top of my head. It's like it's been a whole life of appreciation, a whole life of or non-appreciation that I do now. Um, but this has been a long time coming. So let me sit, put it out there, then process it. Yeah. 
So well, I think we should do just, more notes to maybe write yeah, notes kinda, like that. Yeah, knowing your friends and the, yeah, the notes can help. Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost like a lot of times there's there's kind of flattery in the air. Yeah. So somebody who doesn't know me real well speaks well of me. Right. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> whatever. You just don't know. Right. But then when somebody who really is close to me yeah. and they know me and they say something profound about you know like my good, especially if it surprises me, I'm yeah. like. Wow, like I'm, I appreciate that, but that's just like a little too much, you know. Right now, like right. like you say, I got to process that. I wonder though, yeah, how do we just like promote that culture? I this thought came to my mind as well. Like, there are certain relationships where this is appropriate in the public sphere, yeah. and then others that it's a lot more uncomfortable. Right. So. Something like I can tell my family members, just like pr- just shower praises on them, mm-hmm. and it's a very affectionate thing. And maybe that's where it becomes awkward. Yeah. Um, affection is force; it's compartmentalized mm. to certain relationships mm. in our society, and that's part of our culture, you know. And I think to a certain extent that's good because you don't want to make it cheap. Right, you know, it's not for everybody. Right, to to really honor someone and to to observe something is like you have to know them, yeah. and it can't otherwise it's like this flattery thing. But then you have certain relationships where you're not allowed to do this. So it's like in the parish, I loved I love to honor people. Well, I, I I like to I've kind of come from like what you were talking about where you were where I'm just not used to this yeah and I'm used to more of like a critical um way of looking at the world and um sort of appreciating things but not saying it mm. right and then I, at some point I had this grace of conversion and I just wanted to exercise this mm. you know and but it went too far like the pendulum swung and people just lose their trust when you're a flatterer. Yeah. You're always saying nice things. Oh, you're great. Oh, I just, you know, so people tell me, oh, you're just the most amazing person in the world. I'm like, that's not even real. Right. <laughs> that's not real. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm not going to believe what you say next. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, th- I think there's also, if, if we broaden the definition of modesty, like broaden mm. it to sharing too much. Like you know, mm-hmm. if if I'm if I'm dressed modestly, if I'm if I'm immodestly vulnerable, um, you know, whatever this might be, it's like you're sharing too much at an inappropriate time. There's a time when sharing that much is absolutely beautiful okay. and necessary and helpful, but if if you do that too early, the the prerequisites to that revelation. The, what, what needs to come before that so that it can be received appropriately, those things have not been put into place yet. So if yeah. somebody, you know, I think it's important that if you're honoring someone, then to, in a sense, honor them in the context of, of your relationship. So like yeah. I, I think I shared one time when I was like 12 years old, this, this girl got onto the elevator. She was probably in her 20s. And she got on the elevator, and I, I had never, I got a lot of affirmation from my family, but I had really never received affirmation from a pretty girl before, you know? And, mm. and this girl is just like, you have the most beautiful eyes, like just in an elevator, never with a girl wife. And then we go to the next stop, I'm of course blushing, you know, and then she, she <laughs> yeah. leaves and walks off. And like, I still vividly remember exactly how she looked. I remember exactly how she looked. And I thought, you know, th- that was such an impact, that moment was such an impact yeah. on me. But it was like, that that was not immodest in any way. It, it was it was like, we look at each other's eyes, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna hide my eyes, you know, but but you know, if, if she had yeah, gone- She had spoke, she spoke some truth. Yeah, and, and it, well, well, yeah, I mean, I- <laughs> But it's also like a, it's like a, one of those situations where you're like uh, young and on an elevator. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was just it was a very it was I I needed it because I I needed at the time somebody who I didn't know who I know wasn't trying to flatter me, you know, and just yeah. to say like I observed something about you that that is observed by that can be observed by a lot of people, um, and it was it was great, but then. You know, it was funny because I had a surprise party thrown for me once in college, and that's what they did. It was like the first time I had ever been honored, like by a group of people. And they went around in a circle, and there was one guy there I had never met in my life. And I might have shared this before. And he goes, 
man, Mike, like he and I grew up two blocks from each other. And like, he just starts making up all this stuff. And I realized what he was doing. So I kind of started playing along, like nodding my head. Everybody else was like, I never knew this. It was beautiful. And then he just, and then like, I forget how he revealed it. It was hilarious. We all laughed. I was like, that was honestly the perfect way of saying, I can't honor this guy. It's not my place. And I don't know enough about him. So I'm going to make a joke out of it. But he seems like a guy with a good sense of humor. So it'll be funny. And then I played along. It was, it was brilliant really for kind of that type of thing. I like this guy. But, but I think, I'm sorry, I've, I've kind of taken this off topic. Well, what you're trying to get at is the people that you do have an intimate relationship with, yeah. the people you are close with. How, how do we get people that are in that situation to honor each other rather than just finding it so awkward that we never do it? Yeah, and you train yourself with the people that you're close to mm-hmm. on how to honor people. And then it, it develops a sort of sincerity and ju- like right judgment about these things, a prudence about it, a wisdom about how to go about it. That helps guide you in in other ways. Yeah. So, like, I like to talk. I like to t- I like to honor people, and I know that about myself. But it's different if I'm honoring the old guy who comes to the parish and is a good knight of Columbus, and yeah. he's very prayerful. And I say, hey, you know what? I really respect the way that you're here all the time, and you've prayed, and the fact that you've been going at this for sixty years. I'm really inspired by that, and I wanted to thank you for it. You yeah. know, or the. Or, or the you know the old lady who is serving at the church for a long time, or even even with the old people, I can tell an old lady like like um, you have a really pretty sense of style, mm. and I like that, and I just wanted to tell you that or whatever. But that's different than telling a lo- uh, like a like a young woman yeah. who's single. Yeah. Hey, I just love your style. Ulterior (laughs) motives there, maybe. Yeah. 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 Or so, and it's not even just about motives. It's like the situation is different. Right. You know, and so that's the kind of thing where you just, yeah, I think I'm I'm like dreaming of this utopian world Mm. where everybody is constantly revealing to each other how great they are and recognize and true things, not just saying, oh, you're the best or you're the best. I don't know. I I hate that stuff. Insincerity is yeah. probably why it's been taking me a long time to really get into this um, because I don't like that. I don't like when people tell me this stuff and I don't like doing that to people, you know? Right. But then it's such a healthy thing to, you know, really speak something honest. Yeah. It, but it's a skill that needs to be honed and it has to start with the, your friendships, the yeah. people that are close to you, your loved one, your yeah. spouse, your children, your parents, your... You know, yeah. See, I I wonder though if it if because I actually think it's harder to do that with those people. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So, but I I, I agree that I agree that's where it should start. But I don't think I don't think that's usually where it does. I think it's easier to say to the guy in the Knights of Columbus is easier to say to the old lady. Oh, yeah. Like it's I see what you're like saying. if we can almost say I'm going to start with you because there's less there's less risk. Yeah. I mean, if, if 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 I just said something crazily awkward to the lady, and I just said, "Hey, you have a great sense of style," I don't need to see her for another week. Like, like, like I mean, we might just like do awkward glances the rest of my life, and it wouldn't be that bad. But like, if if I if I make myself so vulnerable that I I say to my spouse or to my my brother or sister, like, "I'm honoring you for this," and they laugh in my face, like. That's that hurts. earth shattering. And like, I think that's the risk. And I think that's the beauty of what this mm. is, is that we need to be able to say, I'm not going to tell my brother or my spouse or my sister, I'm not going to affirm them until I'm ready to risk that rejection. And I do it anyway. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to love it is exactly that's, that, risk, that's love. Man. And it's, it's all about the risk. So if I can go to them and say, even if they shoot me down and laugh in my face, I love them enough where I want them to hear this. And I think even if they don't act like it, they're still going to appreciate it. This is, I had this realization my freshman year of mm-hmm. college at TAC. It's like, you know, I, there was a girl I wanted to ask out and it, I, I just, I was insecure and I, I wasn't mm-hmm. brave at all. And I remember thinking the, the thought came to me in prayer one time, even if she says no. I didn't think she'd laugh at me. But even if she said no, I hope she walks away with a smile on her face because some guy, even some crazy, you know, nerd reject guy, it, it's still a guy said he yeah, thought she was pretty wanted to hang nice, out with her yeah. more, you know. So I, I hope she that so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna do it. So I did. I mean I she she said no, but but I like but it was but she oh, said it very, very on. nicely. There was another guy and she like regrets that. that. Yeah. This is a good nerd. <laughs> this is a good nerd. But it was like but I thought, you know, I, it made me feel good walking away from it because I said, I hope I just, something made her feel better. And I, I, I'm, I like her enough 
where I want her to feel that way. You know, this is sounding overly pious, but I think that's so true. And But one thing I'm thinking of, tell me if I'm wrong on this. Maybe this is probably overly pious too. That's why I thought of it. But if we need somebody to practice on, if we're just like, I can't do it, there's no way I can honor anybody. It'll, it'll be such an awkward situation. I can't be eloquent. I'm not gonna be able to say anything. I'm just gonna be a stuttering mess and just make a fool of myself. Like if I'm thinking that way, is there, is there any way... The thing that came to my head relating to your new project, actually, mm. is, is there any way of like reading about a saint and while I read their story, I'm like affirming them and honoring them. Oh, like yeah. St. Mary of Egypt, you know, you were, you were a sex addict and you, you, were, you, you loved leading men into sin. It was like a hobby and a great joy for her to lead men into sin by being a sex addict. And you, you, had, this, you had this great conversion. Our, our, you know, the mother of God talked to you. Like, Mary, that's amazing that you listened. After, after yeah. so much struggle, you listened to the mother of God and you desired to venerate the cross in Jerusalem so much that you listened to the mother of God and you immediately had a conversion. And then you went into the Jordan. How did you do that? That's amazing to me, that, that you would yeah. change your life so quickly. And, and you, you were tempted the rest of your life till the day you died. You were tempted with these evil songs, the, the hagiography says, and, and, and with desires for her old life. And these things haunt her to the day she died. Like, Mary, how did you do that? That's amazing. What, mm. what an amazing, amazing person you are. Like, as you're reading the story, you can affirm her or any, any other saint, you know, and just, but, Again, because there's there's not the same risk. You know the saints are going to love you. <laughs> you know they don't have a choice. So it's yeah. like um, there's very little risk with that. And, and but I'm doing this in prayer, asking for intercession. Yeah, no, it's and just, then I move it's on. It's practice seeing the good. Yeah, right. And yeah. identifying. Get in good habit of seeing it. the good. And describing yeah. it. It's almost like an art. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get poetic. You got to be able to put your finger on it. Yep. Because when you can go to somebody and actually like with with that kind of poetic clarity. Yeah. Describe what it is that you love about them. Yeah. They know that that's tr- that's true. Yeah. If it's ambiguous or cloudy or exaggerated or, you know, even if you're attempting, they'll they'll appreciate the attempt. I think, but it, there's something different about that precision. You know, and so and, I like your I like your strategy. Yeah. Now, for all the uh, folks out there who are not Catholic yeah. <laughs> and aren't into saints, maybe right. start with Jesus. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, like the saints have Jesus living in them, and right. they're like kind of limited versions yeah. or in different circumstances. If, but Jesus is the perfection. So, and there's plenty of praise can, and worship songs that are just that. They're just affirming yeah. and honoring Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah All right, we got to wrap this up. This right. is a long time. What do we do? How long do we go? Well, I'm just excited about this. Mike my, my in great virtue actually times 45. us now. For, oh, that's not so bad. Okay. It feels about that. All right. Yeah. Great topic. Well, I thank you for the for honor. Coming back. I appreciate that. I'm going to honor two, two um, friends with shout outs. Okay. All so right. the one is, of course, uh, my nephew, Maximilian Jude, <laughs> who came into this world like a wildfire. He is a fighter. He's a madman. He's a beautiful little boy. He has these weird, wrinkly grandpa hands <laughs> that delight his uncle. And <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's crying a lot these days. We're taking care of you, man. Uh, 20 years from now, I want you to hear this and know how much people love you and how much joy you brought into our world. And um, yeah, it's just been a beautiful thing. It's yeah, been a beautiful man. couple of weeks. Uh, Rose, Isaac, love you. Thank you for giving life. Thank you for the joy of this moment for for me and for all of our family and all of your friends. And they're such good people. It's almost unfair. Yeah. <laughs> but I know people like that. Yeah. This is a great kid, and we're really excited for him. So everybody can pray for him. And then I also want to uh, shout out uh, Steve and Haley Jensen. The wedding that I uh, nice. witnessed when I missed Seek. Right. Um, and it was well worth it. I okay. live with no regrets. Amen. These are very holy people who have fought to, to love Jesus through um, their kind of just a time in life when you're young where it's kind of hard. You're kind of coming into your own and you're challenging the ideas you've inherited and, the, um, and just college. It's hard to keep practicing the faith. Hmm. And these kids were awesome. They're yeah. just very inspiring to me. I think they are very, very good people, and it was a, a great joy to be a part of their wedding and um, to see their families gushing on them. That's another one of those moments where 
people are um, honoring each other. You know, we had people standing up and giving speeches, toasts, and everything, and they were really speaking the truth about the beauty of these um, of these young people. Nice. You know, so I'm very excited for them. I'm very happy. The mother of the bride, Christine, sent me a uh, thank you note that was fantastic. It was so sweet, mm-hmm. and it really put its finger on kind of the joys that I can bring as a priest into that environment. Mm-hmm. And the joy that we all shared together, and so I, I wanted to thank her for honoring me, and um, and uh, just for the kind of the whole wedding. I, it was just fantastic. I loved it. I, I almost mentioned that earlier with like a, it's like a best man speech. That's one of those yeah. times when you get, especially like men doing an honoring. And it's, it's funny to see the different styles. We obviously do a lot of weddings, but there's a different style between those who actually kind of go deep and then those yeah. who just stay very surface. I love them both because the surface well, you are always so, have hilarious. a little roast. Yeah. Oh, you've got to. Yeah. The I mean, dudes that's... always have to have a little roast. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. I have a shout out here that I did not see who it was from. So I apologize. I'll do that last time. Um, I just didn't write it down very well. But. I want to give a shout out to, I think it's Courtney Callanan, C-A-L-L-A-N-A-N. It might be Callahan, and just the N, the part of the N is not high enough. Anyway, um, Courtney wrote me a, a letter, handwritten, and it sounds like it's coming from Millennial. I apologize if you're not a Millennial, but I love when Millennials handwrite letters. Oh, yeah. Because they, nobody does that anymore. And, and well, so hey, anyway. Show me that again. Well, I think it's got cursive. It, do, it is cursive, yeah. They don't teach cursive. No oh, more, right. but I think the millennials got it. You just, you just, it's you like have the a very youthful, youthful style of writing, Courtney. Anyway, thank you for the letter. I don't know even where this came from. Father Nathan put it by my door the other day, and uh, <laughs> so maybe you gave it to him or said that. But anyway, nice. it was by my door to my room. Um, but she was very—I won't explain the whole thing—but she, she was very honoring of me of something I do often on the podcast, oh. and so I, I'm taking it to heart, Courtney. Um, thank you for your uh, your words, and it was. It kind of made my day to get your letter. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's and all no, I have. So we get a lot of praise. We do. And, oh, hey. Hello, Loon. So um, we're very grateful for that. Oh, yeah. And of course, we love it. Um, I think people are very perceptive. It, it actually surprises me because I have not met a lot of these people. And then they'll write something that's just like, oh, yeah. You know, I like I haven't seen that side of myself right. in a long time or I just haven't noticed that about myself and I'm really happy that you kind of informed me again. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I wish I could know all of you. I will in heaven <laughs> and it's going <laughs> nice. to be like an honor fest. It's going to be awesome. Hey, man. I like that. There, there won't be any awkwardness. We'll all have this immense intimacy and union with each other that is just constantly affirming. That's kind of how the Trinity is, right? Just yeah. for all eternity it's loving on praise. each other. Yeah. You're amazing. You know, you're amazing. No, you're more amazinger. Yeah. All right. (laughs) You take care. God bless you all. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank you for uh, listening. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Alexa, play Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Alexa, play Siri, play Catholic Stuff You Should Know. (laughs) Google, do. Does that all work? Uh, It does? No, we're on there. Echo. Echo, there you go. I don't even know all these things. I don't even know. All right, y'all. Be well.